<laughs> You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Man, I just can't get over the fact that this title means nothing. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's the opener? Like... I just, it's been bugging me. I've been thinking about it constantly, a barbarian, and we're not going to go into yet what reach you have to, you know, bend yourself backwards over to to make a connection to what this film is, is actually about. Because as everyone who sees this film says, including the makers of the film, please don't tell anyone anything about this movie. Yeah. Let them go in as cold as you possibly can. Because when you watch the trailer, uh, Alan was telling me earlier, as well, because I had not watched the trailer beforehand, it doesn't really give away a single thing. No, I see a lot of trailers because I see a lot of movies in yeah. the theater. And it's one where I was kind of getting tired of it, but I was like, you know, I will see this movie. I'm a horror fan. And it looked like a pretty standard, what's in the basement, it's creepy, horror movie. And I was kind of annoyed because trailers lately, especially, are just like giving away so much, giving up the goods, the whole arcs of movies. And so I was like kind of low expectations because it felt like it was going to be one of those situations. And holy shit, was it not? It, yeah. It, it goes well beyond the scope of what the trailer shows. It, it's funny. Like I saw it at the Alamo Draft House, which has a tendency to like tailor their trailers they show you beforehand, like classic trailers towards what is actually in the movie. And the pieces were all there. <laughs> and I was like, that's oh. very true. Yeah, I yeah, was like, oh right. man, uh, with the exception of they played the trailer for this movie called Miss March, which is a terrible, I think it's oh, like yes. 1% on Rotten Tomatoes or yeah. something. Terrible sex comedy by this director. Oh, this is only a second film. Zach Kreger. He is best known as being one of the sketch comedy troupe, The Whitest Kids You Know, yeah. which I, I've never actually seen, but I hear uh, are quite funny. It's actually it's funny. There's some funny stuff. There's If you remember an old Don't Talk at the Alamo, <laughs> speaking of the Alamo, a Don't Talk PSA, where Lincoln is like talking during the play, yeah, <laughs> and then someone comes up and shoots him yeah, yeah. because he's talking... The guy who directed this was playing Lincoln in that. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. He's that's like, right. I mean, this is being one of the best received horror films of 2022, certainly right now. And yeah. for good reason, I would say anyway. And it's funny to me. I'm like, okay, so this is directed by a guy with no previous experience of horror in of any kind. But it was from a sketch comedy troupe. Sounds like someone else. Right. It's, and I'm like, I think comedians should just make horror movies. Right? Cause this is, while there are comedic moments in this, they're not like something from a sketch comedy. They're not overt. They're not broad comedy. I'm no, watching no. it. With it's like more like, tension breaking. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like I think one of the things that I remember seeing in the, the trailer is, uh, I, I didn't know that also Justin Long is in this movie. I was like, holy shit. Well, Cause wait, he doesn't what? even show up to like the halfway point of the film. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and in the trailer, there's one shot of him just looking scared. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But there is a fantastic moment, uh, of him doing something at the house where let's just say he's, 
measuring his odds of what's <laughs> going on. And it's kind of like the bomb under the table. Cause like the audience knows what the fuck is happening at that point, but he doesn't. And I remember watching in the theater, everyone was cracking the yeah. fuck up still with that tension at the same time. And it balances it really well. Yeah. Well, that's right. Hello, right. Hello. I'm Chris. And also here is Alan. Yeah. We were all excited to get to see this one. Unfortunately, there was an advanced screening, but none of us could make it. Uh, so <laughs> goddamn 4 PM. Yeah. And and it was like, all right, I guess we'll just see it after it comes out. So sorry for the late review, but, you know, we do what we can. When this film starts out, we're introduced to the character of Tess, played by the just beautiful Georgina Campbell, uh, who, if you watched Broadchurch or uh, the Black Mirror episode, Hang the DJ, or, well, I guess no one actually watched Krypton, so I'm not going to say that. There's a Krypton now? There was a Krypton TV show. What is that in regards to? Superman. Who's Superman? Oh, shush. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so we see she's driving through Detroit, which right off the bat, you're like, oh, you're going to (laughs) die. Look, you know, I I did think about this afterwards. Like, movies need to stop portraying Detroit as some kind of hellscape, like, don't breathe and don't breathe, too. Yeah, because it's much worse. Well, okay. But but also, I mean, like, it's still a city. It doesn't need to be, like, a a setting for horror movies. There is a part of this where she tells someone where she's staying, and she's like, you shouldn't be staying there. And it's like, when you have these cities and hit hard economic times there's always like all right there's a resurgence here this downtown's still vital this going but certain areas but there's are neighborhoods towns. that are just like completely depleted and that is like that there. and the now, way granted, it is very accurate <laughs> in that neighborhood because i've been down those uh, ha- those streets before and it is very much like that where there's just houses that look like they're fucking melting right and there's just one house that's like it's a way to punctuate the horror in this movie is she arrives at the house at night, which yeah. if you've seen the trailer, it's, you've seen it. It's an Airbnb. Airbnb, and she arrives, and someone else is staying there, and it's this weird thing. But when you see it in the daytime, it's at nighttime, and it's raining, you don't really understand. Yeah, and he says, oh, it's a bad neighborhood, and people say that shit all the time. And then when yeah. it's seen in the daytime, it's like, oh, no, this is a bad yeah, neighborhood. Yeah, because there's no lights, she's looking around, and all she can see is the dark outline of houses. You can't really tell yeah, what's up yeah. with them. Yeah, and later, they're like, oh, shit, those houses are just shells. Yeah. And it's <laughs> a legit good filmmaking trick. Like, yeah. it's a way, like, pure visual storytelling to really nail down the fact that she's in, like, an area that she should not really This be is in. dangerous. But as Alan said, she gets there late at night, it's pouring down rain, she gets to the, the door, she... Tries, uh, goes for the key in the lockbox. There's no key there. Bangs on the door. Somebody's there. It is, uh, Bill Skarsgård. Pennywise. Yeah. Which oh, you're like, this guy <laughs> plays almost nothing but lunatics because he's a weird, creepy looking dude, kinda. But and handsome. So, as yeah. Well. Handsome and creepy. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. You know, the Alan Rickman. The Skarsgårds. <laughs> <laughs> well, some of them are just heroic looking, you know? Well, they're all like just tall as hell and yeah. slanky and lanky and sexy lanky. and. Anyway, I'm not, I'm not done. And, uh, <laughs> put your pants back on. <laughs> so he's like, no, no, you know, seriously, this is, you don't want to be outside in this. You can't wait. You can't just wait in your car. We'll figure this out. You know, it's like, it must be a double booking or something. So they end up, she's very like, this is an uncomfortable situation. I don't know this guy from Adam. This is really weird. Uh, he is coming across as really sincere. And he's like, look, just stay in the night. I'll move all my stuff out of the, out of the bedroom. You can sleep in there. I'll sleep out on the couch. I mean, like he's doing everything to like, be like accommodating as humanly possible but as an audience you're just like well first off it's bill skarsgård and second we know this is a horror movie so exactly that's the thing that it trusts this audience to know like the history of horror like don't go in there and if when if you are a person like that who's like why don't characters do this why are they doing that this character does everything you want her to do in this she's like sneaks a picture of his id she locks the door she won't drink a drink she gave him she's like very cautious 
of this interaction. And it seems to be just her best choice at the moment. Mm-hmm. But it's not like she's like, oh, it's fine. I'll just get comfortable with this person. Right. Like, as a horror movie fan, I was really just like, the character is doing what you want characters to do in horror movies. Being she's very like, smart. Insanely cautious and smart. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, now, that's as far as we can go in describing the plot without feeling like we really spoiled something here. Because I don't even want to tell you what happens that night. Right. Or even about Justin's Long, Justin Long's character, but really. We will. We'll just, first off, just going to say here, we're going to go to the whole what we felt about it in general, and then we can sk- skip to spoilers for those of you who don't want to be spoiled or haven't seen it yet, because you really shouldn't listen to the rest of this review if you've not seen this movie. Anyway, that being said, I thought this was absolutely great. Yes, if I had known, like if I had gone on the Wikipedia page and read the whole description, right. it would not have had the same effect on me. I know some people were like, oh, spoilers don't bother me, but... That's silly, because there's a reason that movies are constructed the way that that storytelling is constructed the way it is to have reveals to create an emotional effect on you, right? If you already know going in, it's not going to have a strong effect. Also, a lot of this stuff is borrowed from other horror films, although the ones that by that are so long ago now, they're probably a little obscure to younger viewers. And also with with the tone of this movie, and this is the tone of horror lately, the way this movie zigs where other movies would normally zag, people, I've heard people talk about like twist oh don't we're in twist it's not really that twisty like there's a twist after the first act like technically yeah but it's not really a twist it's just like unique way of telling a story they're not yeah that's just it it's not the knives out effect it's not that they're twists it's just like wow that was just an interesting way for this to go i wouldn't have expected and i think a lot of the effect of the scary and the horror here is just in that the way it keeps opening up new doors to whoa this thing is like (laughs) you know not the type of horror movie i thought it was and then again like (laughs) a third door opens it's like oh it's going here that's interesting i did not expect this aspect of it as well yeah and even though there's like you know you look at there's a pretty big cast list it's really most of them appear for like less than a minute who are in here other than the the primaries here it's a very conservative cast uh very you know interactions are usually just two people at any given time Mm -hmm. i would say the film is that the number one effect of it is claustrophobic it definitely feels very claustrophobic for for sure sure. and weirdly okay so this is supposed to be like we said detroit it was filmed actually i want to say bucharest no uh bulgaria bulgaria yeah and they actually built the entire devastated street and house for the film they built all of that because they couldn't find something that looked just right where they were yeah i would imagine so like fuck it let's just say just go to detroit then (laughs) yeah i don't know why they just go well maybe the city of detroit was free houses right there i swear to god i don't understand why the city of detroit was like uh no (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah, and they should stop trying to make uh, Detroit look like some kind of hellscape. Yeah, look like Detroit actually is. Yeah, okay, well. uh, yeah. <laughs> Reminds me, all the way back in the 70s, the movie by the Zucker Brothers, Kentucky Fried Movie, where they were doing uh-huh. a parody of Enter the Dragon called Fistful of Yen. And the guy's like, <laughs> the, he's captured, the villain has captured, like, the American agent and the American agent. You'll never get anything out of me. He goes, take him to Detroit. He's like, no, not Detroit. <laughs> anything but that. And that's the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, it was scary. I don't know. Uh, But yeah, I I think we're all on the same page saying this is pretty... Recommendation, full recommendation. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Like, If you want to have finally a fun time at a horror movie again, this is it. So a lot of people go like, I like horror and being scared, but I don't want stuff that's overly gruesome, overly gory. A lot of that is just kind of... It's the idea of what's happening that's gross more than some, seeing it. There's some moments, though. Gross out moments. Yeah, but they're, yeah, but they're more like, they're not like intestines being ripped out no, or something no, like no, that. Yeah, it's yeah. more just like, okay, that's gross in, in the way of like, in Drag Me to Hell, when the witch woman like sort of gets her saliva yeah. and 
all over the girl's face. It's more like that type of thing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but you know what? All that being said, we're going to go into the full spoiler discussion now because we have to. We have to talk about this thing. So uh, if you're one of those people who just can't stand it and you haven't seen the movie yet, just, I guess, keep listening. You're ruining it for yourself, is all I can say. <laughs> no, listen pa- to other reviews. Pause it, go watch it, and then listen to, listen to the rest. So, like, she goes off to her interview, seems to go pretty well. It's a documentarian. She's being, like, a, well, like but a research assistant. In real life, that woman is actually a, a specialist in horror. She, like, she's, like, a writer who wrote, wrote books oh, she, about she, she wrote yeah, the she history of fear. Oh, she was doing one of the, the, the bits uh, before yeah. the movie. That's the right. The history of fear, I think it's That's called. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Um, anyway, so it sounds like she's going to get the job. She goes back to the house. Bill Skarsgård's character character keith is not there she goes in we've already discovered there's an issue where the door that goes into the basement keeps like just sh- close, locking on its own you know, lock close and lock by itself so you have to be careful with it which but, that is a detroit thing by the way <laughs> so she gets locked in the basement and she's messing around down there and she discovers this rope coming out of the wall and she pulls it and, <gasps> secret door in the basement yeah. which i know me as a white person would just be like oh man i am totally going in there <laughs> she as a non-white person looks at it and go literally says nope <laughs> yeah. and she just like hangs out in the basement kind of like eyeing the door for like hours yeah and finally it's just like Ugh, okay. I don't know if he's even coming back, so uh, I guess. Anyway, to make a long story short, he does eventually come back. She tells him there's some fucked up shit down there because she looks and there's like a room with a stained bed and a video camera and pointed a bucket. at it. Yeah. And a bucket. And, and then to your point, as a white person, he insists on going to check it out. Right. Oh, <laughs> right. And a second secret door that opens into stairs yeah. cut into the rock In going the down into darkness. Of fucking Detroit. Yeah. yeah. So he's like, okay, I'll go check it out. And then, of course, suddenly he's not answering her. And she goes down there and it's like, hey, hey, Frank, uh, Keith, Keith. And he's like, help. <laughs> and what does she do? Well, I know what I would have done. Get the fuck out of here. Man, I don't know Keith from Adam. I'm going to go find a cop somewhere. Yeah. God. Anyway, this is Wes Craven's People Under the Stairs taken to the next level. I mean, it really is. It's like with a a better budget. (laughs) People under your neighborhood. Yeah, under your neighborhood. Exactly. (laughs) You know, like a guy who... There's the flashback scene. We see the origin of the main killer guy from the 80s who is setting up a murder nest under his house to kidnap and, yeah. and rape woman. And the thing is, is though he's not even really the adversary anymore. He's too old for that. Instead, his progeny now grown his up on their own. Daughter, daughter, mother, daughter. Yeah. Uh, and something. the weird thing is they, there's a point later where the guy goes, that's, that's not even the worst thing that's down there. And you're like, Oh, sequel. <laughs> yeah. Well, I yeah. think, well, yeah, he'd have been alluding to that. The man. I think it was the man. Yeah, but, yeah. but he's so old. It's like, Who he's knows? not, even a threat anymore you know but uh, this is like what we're describing earlier is like all first act stuff and like just to give it some praise to the marketing department for this movie (laughs) the trailer makes you it really feels like okay she gets there and that night she goes crazy she goes and the in the body's watching the movie when she wakes up the next day and this has a day i was like already i'm so excited (laughs) because it's not what you're set up for exactly she like leaves she comes back she checks out the basement she's waiting all day it's like it really burns a lot slower than yeah. I was expecting. It really is the first act plays out like a short film. Yeah, that's true. Own, and like, it does so well with building the tension. And cause yes. there are so many moments when you're thinking that something's going to jump out at you and it doesn't, except for like one, like 
moments where it's a fake out. But then once you finally get into the catacombs of like the whole fucking fuck dungeon and all that <laughs> shit, it's just like, oh my God. Cause you're just like on edge, white knuckle the entire time. Cause they can't see shit yeah. either. Cause like either their phones or their flashlights are not yeah. working or whatever the situation and is. And after that huge ramp up to like a legit really good scare to end the first act, you jump into an entirely different movie. Yeah. They're just like, okay, well, you don't want to know what happens to them. So instead, here's, here's Justin Long here's, in a convertible being a dickhead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's like a Hollywood dickhead who finds out his career is fucked because, uh, he's being accused of having raped his star of the movie he's supposed, or TV series he's supposed to yeah, start. Yeah. Yeah. And he, you know, he's being outraged and all that. It becomes pretty clear pretty quickly that like, I, I love yeah. that his, his first response was like, well, wait, wait. Does that mean I'm like, I'm not on the show anymore? Yeah, yeah. right. And I'm like, oh, okay. We know, we know who this person is, like, right out of the gates. We'll figure it. He's a douchebag in complete denial. Like a narcissistic douchebag, but, you know, he's like, well, fuck, I'm going to have to sell some of my stuff. Turns out he owns that house. He's one of those guys who just buys properties. So, I mean, it's not like he grew up there. He doesn't know No, he grew up in Detroit. It. Yeah, but not in that house. Oh, right, right, no, right, yeah, right, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. He ends up becoming part of this whole story, basically, and the whole survival the, third act. The, the part of him, which is another huge praise for this movie, the use of dramatic irony is so fucking fantastic. The whole sequence of Justin Long, he needs to sell his house because now he's running out of money like crazy. And so he's measuring out the square footage and he goes and finds the, the dungeon, at least like the camera and the bucket and all that stuff. And the first thing he's like, Oh my God. And it cuts to him researching the like, wait, can basements also be a part of the square footage yeah. when selling and it's like, just like this is worth more now yeah, yeah and it's worth more and so then he finds the door to the catacombs and he's like oh, holy shit this is even better like it's a gold mine to him where the audience like what the fuck are you doing yeah, I know. he's like that's peculiar well let's measure it i'm yeah. so excited and he even <laughs> sees the cages that people are kept in and he measures the square footage of that little like the uh, cage room, the yeah. cage room. Like, like jesus christ he's gonna get slaughtered so horribly <laughs> yeah but you're okay with it and you're okay with it <laughs> and uh, there's there's even great stuff when he you know he does find uh the tests uh in this other dungeon and they're like they're fed a bottle because that you find out what the monster's all about is that oh they want to have a baby yeah. yeah and they're like she's feeding them a bottle because of her grown, own breast milk and like oh my god they've grown up these children with upon children upon children incestuously with like one thing to watch which was like a thing the guy videotaped the guy bought when we first meet him at a store that's like child rearing so that's all they really know and so they're like well i'm gonna be a mom i gotta be a mom and like whatever you do don't get mad at her don't shock her she just thinks you're her baby and uh, yeah the movie just like this is where i'm like 1000 percent on board this idea for a monster and a monster movie and a monster being like created like it's kind of like a frankenstein frankenstein's monster situation yeah, yeah. here and like she's not even like evil she's like you know, it's just a She's terribly like, abused monster. Who's being like, yeah, yeah. And, and with the characters, we have a Justin Long being this like dick meeting up with our original like hero or original like protagonist, and like this like the character dynamics that are set up by the end of this movie. It's really, really fun and a little more interesting than your standard scary monster chases the people you want to see get killed. And all the the subtextual, well, it's pretty textual stuff about like abuse and and red flags for men and stuff like. In fact, in fact, apparently the the writer was originally inspired by a nonfiction book called The Gift of Fear that encouraged women to trust their intuition and not ignore some subconscious red flags that arise in day-to-day interacting with men. Right. And he kept writing and kept going, oh, this is 
just it's becoming I can't figure out a way to make this not predictable. It's like, oh, what if and this is obviously that whole first sequence. What if we flipped that on its head? Right. So Where it's Bill like guard uh, isn't actually like, oh, no, he's a good guy. He's actually a good guy. But it does, in fact, all full come around with Justin Long, you know, and right, his right. behavior. So I like all that stuff. It's interesting. It keeps you interested beyond just what's actually happening in the film as well. It's like, oh, this is some interesting commentary, but it's not also not screaming at you about it. It just it becomes oh, part gosh. of your well, emotional investment. I feel like it's just, yeah, it's smart because it's not really like a message movie. It's, the main theme of the movie isn't. Like the Me Too thing, yeah. But it's like the texture of the world we live in today, yeah. Well, and like it, it just exists in that world, and it plays with those themes that are like life today, like things that are in the zeitgeist on your mind. And mm-hmm. what's even scarier about it is that, and it, it starts to prove it a little bit, is that maybe the the monster is not the scariest thing in there with her because Justin Long could just fucking book it, yeah, and uh, and just leave it, which he uh, does a couple of times, and then. God, I was I was gut punched when something did happen. Yeah, to you're Tess. like maybe he's actually gonna finally. Maybe this is a redemption, a arc redemption for him. When they kind of lean towards, it, I think that's where it's going. And the movie's kind of wanting you to think mm-hmm. that. I was really upset. I was like rolling my eyes so hard at this. Yeah, and it's like no, the movie's much smarter than that. This guy is. Just, he's that, not gonna change. He's not. There's no change from this. That right. fucking ending when he. Can we talk about that? Yeah, I mean, we've, we're in full spoiler. Okay. Mode, so. When he makes the decision to throw, cause Tessa is accidentally shot by him as well. Yeah. And they're like escaping up to this like water tower from the monster. And he makes a decision to throw Tessa off the, the Just water Tess, tower. Not Tessa. Tess, Tessa. Okay. Or Tess. I was flabbergasted, but also was like, the movie fucking went there? Like, yeah. oh my god. But even better to see the mom, like, do the hero yeah. jump. Yeah, it's really incredible. It was, one, it was amazing, but two, also kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, the way that, like, just so dedicated, the monster is like, no, I'm your mama, and saves Tess's life. And then, oh, the, Justin Long's come up and said, like, I know, I was talking about this, uh, with Eric. Wow, horror movies really do not like Justin Long. They really hate his eyes because his eyes were gouged out the same way as Jeepers Creepers. Yeah, you know, he has spent a lot of his career playing that nervous but innocent kid type yeah, role. Yeah, yeah. But now that he's like, he can't play high school kids anymore, he pretty much plays douchebags, which yeah. is weird because he is incapable of being so utterly likable and yeah, stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's but, the thing about him. Even in this movie, he's charming. Like, yeah. he's like a charming a monster. Yeah, I mean, he would be... I mean, you immediately find out, oh, God, this guy's actually a douche. But you can see if you, we didn't know that information, you'd think, oh, well, like, a even cool in, my, in my audience, after we know the stuff, there are moments where, like, he gets a laugh from his reaction. Right. Because yeah. that's the thing, like, and people like that exist. That's the whole thing. Like, he's like a charming monster. Like, and that's, like, the worst type of monster you could be, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, like, yeah, he plays that really well. I agree. I think everybody's really good in this, uh, and especially as well. We see, I think it's Richard Brake, correct? Yeah, Richard Brake, a long-time oh, villainous he sh- he actor a- who played Joe Chill in Batman Begins. Right, there you go. <laughs> exactly. And he was in uh, Mandy as well as the chemist. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you've seen him a hundred things playing like a villain, because he. you look at him, you're like, that's all this guy's ever going like to Rob play. Zombie stuff now, right? Something like yeah, that? he did 31. That's right, yeah. yeah. Which I did not see because why would you? I heard it was terrible. I don't know. I'm getting, I'm geared up for the monsters. Uh, no, you're not. <laughs> Wait, I'm not? Oh. You know what? Fantastic Best is coming up. I'm going to laugh so fucking hard if the monsters There's is one no of the sequels. Oh, yeah. we're seeing it! <laughs> I'll walk out. I'll be like, I got better stuff. I to would do. definitely ch- check another screening. Yeah. Uh, anyway, let's go to final thoughts, right? 
Oh, yes. A blast. I, I had so much fun. I cannot wait to watch this again. I thought it was shot so incredibly well for a second feature, which compared to his first one was like, I guess, fucking night and day. And uh, a really fun twist on the whole like tropes of toxic masculinity and what to do with them. And, and then who can you trust? And then it's a fun, like new horror monster, uh, like that is also in a way sympathetic. At least you understand where the monster is even coming from. Like, like Frankenstein's monster. Gosh, yeah, I just had a blast, and and uh, the actress who played Tess is fantastic in it. And I love again the the use of dramatic irony in the that second part with Justin Long when he finally gets to the house is incredible. <laughs> it's so much fun and still scary at the same time. Like there's a ton of tension. So yeah, I loved it. I'm gonna give it nine and a half out of ten uh, nipples on a baby's bottle. <laughs> Alan, yeah, just to kind of echo what Wright's saying over there. Like I. Fucking love this movie. Beginning to end, I've been harping on this, but just to be so relieved that the marketing didn't ruin the movie for me. Yeah. This movie actually does have some cards up its sleeve and would play them so well. If there's any, any negative thing I'd have to say about it, like the very end of the movie gets a little tiny bit clumsy with like the pacing and the editing. Movies struggle with this, especially horror movies, especially when everything else has been so well done. Like it's hard to really hit it perfectly in the head, but it wasn't by any means like clumsy. And with that said, I'm like, eight seven five maybe nine out of ten like it's nearly like kind of a perfect fun little horror movie for me i did not think of a thing to say so nine out of ten instructional videos about baby raising (laughs) so to be clear like in terms of like really great horror movie we're not talking i'm not comparing this to silence of the lambs or something like that right you know where you're like or seven where you're like this is a movie that's so good i could see it getting nominated for best picture no right well it's just like in the in the age of like what Elevated horror means yeah. versus right. like what like, this is actually a legit, very good. Well, true what's weird film. is that its tone is somewhere between those type of like quote elevated horror films and a trashy fun horror film. Yeah. And it does, it kind of achieves both in a way. Cause you don't mm-hmm. get that feeling that this is an art film the way you do from like Midsommar or something like that. You know, yeah, it's yeah. not that type of movie. Well, it's still at like all. an incest monster baby woman who's trying to raise a baby. <laughs> but it's, it's artfully like, made. It's like that movie. Well, yeah. Well made. made. Yeah. Uh, now I will say, I think as well that the there's as strong as that first act is where you're like, oh, these characters, this character is doing all the right smart stuff that people would actually do. Once we get into the second act, she starts doing some stuff that nobody would actually do. And I was like, come on, nobody would do that. What are you doing? That's not that's not being smart now. But that's all right, because at that point, your adrenaline is pumping. You're having a good time. You just don't really care that much anymore. You're like, all right, I'm with it. You're in the middle of this. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is a good time to be had. Uh, don't tell anyone about it. If you go see it, just tell your friends to see it. Uh, I'd actually like to talk to someone who didn't like it, because I haven't seen anyone who didn't like it yet. Right. So yeah. I'm pretty universal praise. Yeah. I mean, assuming you're not an idiot. If you're an idiot, please don't tell me about it. So <laughs> if you didn't like it, no, I'm not saying you're an idiot for not liking it. I'm saying it. you're an idiot. I'm saying if you're an idiot who doesn't like it, those two things together. If you're not an idiot and didn't like it, then you can talk to me. Maybe you should ask someone <laughs> Tomato, else. Tomato, potato? I don't know. Anyway, uh, I'm going to give this eight and a half out of ten cops that totally should have gotten killed in the third act. Oh, but my, God. oh my God. What, damn what, it. Man, I was like, Please tell me they're going to bring those guys back and fucking murder the shit out of them. Because you really want them to get it. Yeah. Oh, you want them to get it so bad. Hey, <laughs> like, hey damn guys. It, missed opportunity. Forget about it. It's Detroit. Okay. It's Detroit town. <laughs> it's Detroit town.